Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Sideline. My name is Rishi Oza. My name's Asher Heyer. And we are going to be going through our uh, conference finals predictions. Uh, Nuggets and Lakers starts today in a little less than two hours. Miami Boston will go tomorrow. Um, we didn't really talk about Nuggets Phoenix, um, that series all that much after probably game two. Um, but I mean, what were your thoughts on, on that? What were your thoughts on how, how that went on the hot series? How that series concluded after uh, we watched game four? Yeah. So, um, so after we watched game four, after we watched or after we talked about game two. Yeah, that's after um, we talk about game two. Yeah. Um, I guess just, like, the Nuggets seem like they pretty much dominated the series. I know the, the Suns got there, too, at home, but that took two legendary performances by Booker at home to really, like, squeak by the Nuggets both games. Um, the Nuggets had leads in both of them. So, um, yeah, the Suns come back 2-2, but then you kind of really see, like, how the series truly – kind of shaped out and game five wasn't really ever close and then obviously game six was just a complete blowout um and so like it was it was a pretty good series especially Aaron Gordon's defense against Kevin Durant stood out to me like like other than Jokic's amazing offensive series like probably Aaron Gordon's defense on Kevin Durant was like the second most impressive thing in that series he held KD to like I think 39% shooting. Um, and, you know, Durant, one of the most efficient scorers ever. Uh, to hold a guy like that who can shoot over anybody. Um, and Gordon, using his athleticism and wingspan to really bother those shots, th- that was really impressive. And I think it bodes well for... I don't know why people really aren't talking about the Aaron Gordon-LeBron James matchup. Like, if, if AG can yeah. shut down KD... Um, I think he can shut down LeBron, and, and Gordon has had history against LeBron and has had uh, good history against LeBron. I believe, like, I saw this picture. It's pretty old, but um, that, like, LeBron James shot the worst percentage against Aaron Gordon yeah. of, like, active players. That was, like, three years ago. Um, and since then, I think LeBron's kind of fallen off driving towards the rim, and Gordon's defense has gotten better. So, I mean, I'm pretty confident in that matchup. Yeah, I mean, it's, I know Aaron Gordon's probably the best defender that you could ask for on LeBron just because of how he's built. Like, he's such a versatile defender. I mean, the, the guy he's guarded this postseason, he's been primary defender on Anthony Edwards. He's been a primary defender on Colin Kenny Towns. He's been the guy for Booker. He's been the guy for Durant. And now he's going to be for LeBron. Um, I, I, I mean, I, that like that series, I mean, it ended in six. You know, it's one game away from being a winner-take-all. But Denver, every single win Denver had was... I think that their average victory was 14 points or something. Like it really wasn't that close. Um, and I mean, we watched we watched Game Four together, and like that was just Jokic's performance in that game was ridiculous. And the fact that they lost that game gave me a lot of confidence going forward. I was like, you play that game ten more times, Denver's going to win eight or nine times out of ten, just because of the shot quality that they had, how good Jokic has looked in the playoffs so far. Like I, I'm, I was very caught that series. I think your, your prediction was Nuggets in five, and on, honestly, it could have been Nuggets in four if Devin Booker doesn't have the two most efficient playoff games in NBA history, essentially, um, for a volume score. So I, I think mine was Nuggets in six, Nuggets in seven. Like I, it was probably closer to Nuggets in five, even though it was Nuggets. Like it, 
it really was not that close of a series. Um, and then on the on the Eastern Conference side of things, we didn't really get to talk about the Embiid and 76ers collapse uh, over the final two games against Boston. I'm going to say this. I think it's so funny how the majority of Nuggets fans were like, spot on in their analysis on both the Jokic and Embiid parts and every one of us was called wrong, stupid or the calculator boys like oh, you're not actually watching the games like no we are you just don't know what you're watching I think it's very funny that it took two full years for us to like be vindicated both in how the Nuggets play and both in how the Sixers play and I think that that was like this is a perfect weekend of basketball for me I don't have anything against the Sixers like I or fine franchise. It's just funny how it all worked out. I'm very happy with the way that basic yeah. office bracket turned out. <laughs> and like, I can't really say that I'm surprised necessarily because like, yeah, we've yeah. seen Embiid and we've seen Harden back in his Houston days just fold under pressure, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, it was just disgusting. Twenty four combined points from Harden and Embiid. Like, I, I would think that twenty four points by like one of those guys, you need more out of more than 24 points yeah. out of both of those yeah. guys individually. And to be combined for that, um, just terrible. I mean, like, game six was really the 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 choke game. Like, yeah. them, them choking away that lead and them choking away that Jason Tatum was, like, one of ten at halftime. Um, maybe even worse, but... Um, it sounded like over 11 or something. Yeah, like, it could have even been, like, one bad. for 14. Um but then, you know, he has that amazing fourth quarter. And from from the fourth quarter to the end of game six, game six, fourth quarter to the end of game six, Jason Tatum outscored Embiid from the start of that fourth quarter through the end of game seven. So in wow. one quarter, Tatum outscores Embiid in a, in a game and a quarter. Um, so that, that was pretty, yeah. pretty crazy. But yeah, like... All these takes, it, it, it's funny, like, like all the takes, the new takes about Jokic, and Jokic is getting his respect now and stuff, um, and it's pretty clear that he's, like, the better player than Embiid, which is obviously what we've thought the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, all, all, all the takes are, are, like, it feels like us, like, watching from a few years back, um, like, when Jokic was really starting to take off in 2020 and stuff before his MVPs, it was like, yeah, this guy's the best passing big man in the league. And like now people are just starting to get that. And like, he's probably the best passer in the league. Um, and people are starting to, he's got a case with the the best passers ever. Ever. Yeah. Like I I still see people saying like, Oh, he's, he's one of the best passing big men. Like (laughs) he is, he has been the best passing big for like five years now, like it hasn't been close. I know it, it, it's always funny how they include like Arvidas Sabonis in there. Like, dude, Sabonis comes nowhere close to Jokic. It's not thing. close. Like Sabonis, it, like the, their argument is, oh, we should see Sabonis in his prime in the NBA. Well, okay, that's the only argument. You just so it didn't happen. Like, yeah, that's the other argument right there. You see, you can't say we're seeing what Jokic is doing right now. And like, I, I don't know if Sabonis is a phenomenal passer, but. You know, just watching his highlights, he does have a lot of similarities to what Jokic did. But he, like, Jokic averaged a triple double. No big man is coming closer. The only guy close is Wilt. And that's just because he yeah. left the ball the entire time. Because everyone else on his team sucked. I mean, Sabonis so averaged 2.1 assists for his career. 
2.1. Jokic is at 10 this year. Like, it yeah. is not close. <laughs> it's absurd. Like, I, I'm glad that people are starting to finally, like, it's still years behind on the Jokic discourse, which is insane. I will get into it more when we talk about, uh, when we talk about Lakers, Lakers Nuggets and, and our, our breakdown of that and our, our predictions. But we'll start with, with Heat, um, with, uh, with Heat Celtics. Obviously, rematch of the bubble conference finals, which everyone's talking about because Lakers Nuggets is the same. But as a rematch of last year's conference finals, which I think is more applicable to now because this Heat team is like essentially the exact same. They're just missing PJ Tucker. Like otherwise, it's the exact same team. Um, and the Celtics team has added a few pieces. They've added Malcolm Brogdon has been great. Derek White's been been a lot better. Like this is interesting to me because like Miami hasn't been playing like an eight seed. No, like they lost to. To Atlanta in the playing game, that was like the worst I'd, I'd seen them play all year. And then, you know, they beat Chicago. Jimmy Butler has an incredible Milwaukee series. And then it wasn't Jimmy Butler who really beat them, who beat New York. It was yeah. a full team effort. Bam out of Bayou had a phenom- phenomenal series. Sorry. <laughs> phenomenal series. Uh, Kyle Lowry has been great in the playoffs, which is a complete, like, level. I, I, I didn't know he still had this, this type of performance in him. Kevin Love has been great. Caleb uh, Martin, I think. I still don't know which one's on Miami. Uh, yeah, Caleb. It's either Caleb or... It's Caleb or Cody. Or I, don't, Cody. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know which one it is. They look the exact same. I know. I actually like, don't know who it I, is. I think they both played on the Hornets at one time. And then yeah, since then, the they like split, but I don't know which one. Okay, so... It's Caleb. It's Caleb. Cody is, is still on the Hornets. So it's Caleb? Yeah. Okay, so Caleb Martin, he's been phenomenal. He's been shooting the three really, really well. Duncan Robinson, his spot in the rotation, has been playing great. Like, this this team is legit. This team is very similar yeah. to the team that was the one seed and was, you know, one shot away from going to the finals last year. What's your, like, what's your assessment? What do you think? Because I think Boston's a better team than they were last year, but I also think Miami's just on a roll right now. Yeah, um, and I mean, like, Max Struess has been playing well, too, in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um but, I mean, yeah, I think the Celtics have gotten better, like, on paper. But it's, I don't – they really didn't look that good in the um, in the Philly series. And it just feels like they're always, like, due to lose, like, two games. Especially against the Heat, um, who are just tough and they'll always be in every single game. Like, they led the league in most uh, clutch games played in the regular season. Yeah. Um. And you saw it last year go into seven. Like, the Heat won three of those games. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat won two and made this game six. And game six is at Miami. Maybe they win that and it ends up being game seven again. Like, I would not be surprised to see that. Um, I don't think Miami wins the series. But um, Boston in six or seven is where where I'm leaning. I don't think it's going to be a short one. No, definitely. I mean... The way that Miami plays, like I, I feel like we knew that even against Milwaukee, if they weren't going to win that, so they were going to make it tough. I didn't think, really anyone thought they were going to win at five. And even if they did, it was some delusional Miami fan was like, oh, they're going to win in seven. It's just you know, again the game seven with Jimmy Butler. But it's like they just make it tough. They're so hard to beat because they just make everything tough for you. Like they will completely neutralize your best player will completely neutralize your strengths and make you go to your option B, C, D mm-hmm. instead of plan A, which is something that Eric Spurs has just been so good at. And like, I feel like with how, how many coaches have been fired at Eric Spurs might be like consensus best coach in the NBA right now with how good that he has been in these playoffs with neutralizing guys like 
I mean, Julius Randle's not tough to neutralize, but the Heat in the horrible series uh, against Miami. Uh, Giannis didn't play that great, but you know, Chris Middleton wasn't as effective as he normally is in the postseason. Like, they have been doing such a good job at neutralizing their best threat. I'm probably with you. Like, I probably think it's Boston in six or seven, but, like, I, I would, I, there's not many players that run playoffs over Jimmy Butler right now. And if you get yeah. into a game seven with him in the exact same position that they were in last year, like, it's going to be hard to, to stop that. Because he's just, he's just, he's playing on the rep. And he's, he's, he was put in the last round. Like, he sprained his ankle game one and he still put mm-hmm. up like 26, 27 a game uh, over the course of that series. Yeah. But really, like, I wouldn't want to face Game 7 Jason Tatum also. I mean, he's <laughs> he, he could be just That's as tough because he's, he's 3-0 and and he had that 51-point game. I don't know how many points a game he's averaging, but I think it's in the 30s in Game 7s. Um, so, I mean, he's playing at a really high level too. It seems like he's gained his confidence back. Um, but, <clears throat> but, yeah, the Celtics just always seem to drop. I mean, even against the Hawks, they had a tough time putting the Hawks away. Um, yeah. They didn't look good in that series. It just feels like they always lose a couple games. Like, they just have bad shooting nights. The Celtics can get so on fire like they did in Game 7 where it's just like bang, 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 bang. They go like 8 for 10 from 3 yeah. in the first quarter or something like that, and then they finish out like near 50% from 3 for the game. But, like, they can also have those games where they're just bricking everything. And, like, seems like they have those games, yeah. you know, 25% of the time, so... Yeah, I mean, they're still a really stupid team. Like that's what's like last year. I was so frustrated with watching them because they just they, they they never made the right decision, and it it shows in the, like Jason Tatum had the had the most turnovers out of any player in NBA history in a playoff run last year. Like he like they did not he did not play make properly. He's been a lot better this season. He's been a lot better in this postseason. You know, Derek White's improvement has helped that. Marcus Smart has been a lot better. Malcolm Brogdon getting him has, has you know settled things down a lot. He's been closing over. Either you know Robert Williams or Al Horford or whoever isn't playing well, even smart sometimes. So like that has helped them a lot. But they still play really dumb at times. Like they still don't attack the way that they should. They still don't do a lot of th- like in the first quarter of Game Seven. It was really like I was so mad at Boston because I was like they kept driving in the lane and they kept getting blocked every single time they went up for a layup in the first. It was ridiculous. I was like driving free and beat is collapsing off of Horford every single time. And it finally clicked for them and they kicked it out to Horford for a couple of threes. And then they started just getting easy laps, started getting easy twos because out of that, it broke down. So like I, Joe Mazzura as an X's and O's coach, I'm not really sure how right. great he is because you know, they obviously lost Ime Doka at the beginning of the season, but they also lost Will Hardy, who was their top right. assistant. He was yeah, Missoula was even the top. Yeah. yeah, and you know, losing him is obviously like you lose two huge pieces of your, of your bench or your coaching staff. So I, I think that's gonna play a part in here. Like, Joe Spencer has a huge advantage over Missoula as as a head coach, and I think that's just gonna be the biggest thing. Like, talent wise, Boston easily beats Miami. Like, they're just they are a better team on paper, but. Are they smarter? Is Jim Azula going to outcoach Spencer in four games? I, I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I generally do not know if, they, if he has that in Yeah, it feels like Missoula, like, already used the, the like, secret card or whatever that he could have played um, yeah. with changing out Derek White for Robert Williams in game six and the Celtics going to win both those games. But, like, other than that, I don't, I don't like, I think that's it for the, for, like, I think the Heat have seen everything that the Celtics would do um after yeah. that adjustment and like after that there's nothing you know that you can really adjust you're not going to take out anyone else in that starting lineup so like 
the Heat will be prepared. Um, Eric Spolzer will definitely be prepared against Jason Tatum, second time going against him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no. No, and they, they said a stat on the broadcast. I think it was Jalen Brown's seventh game seven, and he's yeah. like 25. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Well, dude, like, Jason Tatum is already – like he's climbing up the leaderboards for like most career playoff points, um, and he's so young. But they've been to the playoffs so many times, like like twenty eighteen yeah. with, with Le- against every LeBron. Single time. Yeah, like twenty eighteen against LeBron. That was like so long ago. <laughs> um, and and Tatum and Brown were playing heavy minutes in that series. It's crazy. Yeah, like Jalen Brown made the Eastern Conference Finals. His first two seasons, then they lose to Milwaukee in 2019. 2020, they're back in the conference finals. 2021, Jalen Brown's injured, losing the first round. Last year, they go to the finals. This year, they're back in the conference finals. Like, this run of success for, for Boston since acquiring Tatum Brown has been ridiculous. And there's been so much roster turnover. Like, so many guys on that team went there at the beginning. Like, Al Horford left and then came back, and they're still the exact same machine that they were uh, to start. So... Like, that's such an underrated story. Like, I feel like fans, I mean, I understand why, but fans take for granted just, like, continued success and continued deep playoff runs. Like, us as Nuggets fans, we're probably not going to experience this level of success that we have seen over the past five years or another, like, 20, 25 years after this window closes. Like, you know, the three healthy playoff runs that this team has had, they've gone to Game 7 in the second round and Conference Finals the other two times. Like, that that doesn't happen that often. So I feel like fans definitely need to start like appreciating it. And I know it's hard because it's, it's fans. No one's ever going to be rational, but I've tried to do that. Like it's just so crazy how you get lost in the success. Even then, when yeah. you look back on it, it's like yeah, that definitely shouldn't. Have, like, I, I was just Broncos fans have definitely like <laughs> that run from 2012 to 2016. You're like, oh my god, it's so great. And since then, you're like, I would, I would go my firstborn to experience half oh, yeah. the joy I felt. Oh, yeah. Rockies fans too. We definitely know from Rockies' experience. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, so Boston six or seven for you. Boston six or seven for me. I, I think that's. It's like Miami's. Some they're gonna have to shut down one of Brown or Tatum. And I, like I think Jalen Brown has been has improved so much since last season. Like his shot making, this playoffs is ridiculous. Shooting like forty seven percent from three in yeah. the playoffs is ridiculous. Um, so that would. They're going to have to make one of those two have a really bad series if they have a chance to win. It would say can do because they're an incredible defensive team, but it'll, it'll definitely be interesting. And I'm excited. That's going to be a really fun series. Like, the Eastern Conference series are so much different than the West because the West is full offense and the East is full defense. But the East, it's still so fun to watch because when it comes down to crunch time, it's like who can go get a bucket? And there's always some guy on a team who can do it, like Tatum, Brown, Butler. Like, those three guys are the guys who... You want to get a bucket in that series, and that's just—it's going to be incredible to watch. Because every game's going to be close. Miami doesn't. No, he's close enough. Every game's going to be right there, uh, down to the wire. Yeah. Um, For sure. Let's move to Nuggets Lakers. I have been thinking about this series for so like it, everyone has been said like it wouldn't there wouldn't be another team that Denver could have faced like it, it had to be the Lakers. I know. It just, it just had to be. I know. But, like the history of the Nuggets franchise. It just had to be the Lakers. There's no other team that they play in the conference finals, and for them to have to get to the finals for the first time, they're going to have to beat L.A. Yeah. 
They're they're uh, 0 for four, right? Thank you. What was that? They're 0-4, the Nuggets, against the Lakers in, in conference finals. Um, yeah, fifth time's the charm, I guess, finally. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, but I'm so nervous. Dude. We're, we're ticking down like hour and a half about. Um, but, yeah, I've been nervous for a while. Because <laughs> yeah. I know, like, game one, I feel like, is is so important. I feel like no matter what happens in game one, I, I think the Nuggets win game two, like, whether it's the Lakers going up one nothing and the Nuggets playing with desperation, and the Lakers have not played uh, game two as well this series, uh, this playoffs. They've won game one in every series and then lost game two in every series. Um, and it seems like their energy just fades out the second game on the road, and especially yeah. you know in altitude. I think the Nuggets will win that game, and if the Nuggets win game one, then I think they'll use that momentum and like win game two. So like, I think game two is the Nuggets win, but. Game one is going to be tough because the Lakers are fresh um, and they've just played well in game ones. Um, and I said, like, they've stolen game one in each series. So, it's, and at Golden State, that's impressive considering Golden State's mm-hmm. home record. Um, so, they've shown that they can do it in super hostile environments. Um, so, yeah, this this game's wow. very important. Yeah, game one's, game one's huge. It's just like, Lakers have not. I, I agree with you there. I think Denver wins game two regardless. But like I I think there's three ways that this series can end. It's either Denver the five, which means they win the first two games and they steal one in LA, the game three, game four, and they close it out in game five. Or it's Lakers and six, where you go go into LA tied one one and it just follows the same script that the Lakers have had for the last two series. They win two games lose game five, win game six, or Denver and seven where the home team just wins every single game. Yeah. The first two, like, are fine. That last scenario is what scares me because if the home team wins every game going into game seven, LeBron James is quite literally the last player in the history of the sport that I would want to see in a game <laughs> seven. I don't care if he's a million years old. I don't care if he's playing with one leg and both his arms sideline his back. It is LeBron James. Like, that is the <laughs> last person on the planet I want to see in game seven. And like the the fan in me is thinking, look, they're a better team, they beat the team the Lakers the whole year. They play better than the Lakers have in the postseason. Jokic is the best player in the world. Majority of the time you have the best player in the series, you're gonna win that series. I think Denver's gonna win in five, six at most, and you'll be done. But like the rational person in me is like, it's LeBron James. Like he's not gonna lose in five games after how he's been playing, after how the Lakers have been playing in the post. Like, it's just, it's so hard for my brain to think about this series. It's split into both extremes. Yeah, I know. No, I, I, I agree. I think LeBron is definitely not who you want to face with all that experience, too. Like, dude, like that, that, that would be very scary. Um, yeah. But anyways, kind of getting into the game a little bit, um, I think it'll be, I mean, obviously the Jokic AD matchup is like what, what is most advertised out there. Um, but he really hasn't played much against AD, even in the bubble in that whole series. Yeah. I think Jokic was just like nine for 17 against him. Um, cause it was mostly Dwight, JaVale McGee, um, you know, fighting with Jokic. 
Um, so like I don't I don't really know what to expect. I mean, Jokic does. Another reason why game one is is important because like Jokic does figure out defenders throughout a series, and maybe game one is he's most un- unfamiliar with AD um, and how he'll try to how how he'll try to guard Jokic, um, and it'll be tough because he's got like if you want to pick one player to guard Jokic, it'll probably be Anthony Davis in the entire league because he's got that mm-hmm. athleticism, the length. Um, Jokic, I think, can back him down. Uh, like strength wise, we saw that a little bit in the bubble. Um, a couple of those shots, because Jokic is probably playing at like two eighty, two ninety. I think Cat said he was like three hundred, but I don't, I don't think he's playing yeah. at, at three hundred. I would, I would say he's like two ninety. Um, mm-hmm. and and Anthony Davis is like two thirty something. Like, um, so I think that's an advantage. Jokic is the heaviest player on the court by like forty pounds. Like the the. Yeah. The Lakers' most heaviest player is Tristan Thompson at 250. Um, and then we can get into that, what, what Darvin Ham said about <laughs> throwing different bodies at Jokic. But, um, yeah, who, what do you think happens in the Jokic-AD matchup? Well, Greg, I have to really say, if there's a player that you want in the league to guard Jokic one one it's probably Anthony Davis. He has the length, he has the athleticism, and especially right now, the way that he's playing defensively, is ridiculous, but majority of the way he's been playing defensively has been as a roamer, like how he did play yeah. in the bubble, because he hasn't had to guard a guy one-on-one. Okay. Nobody on either team has anyone as close to good as Jokic uh, in post one-on-one. Like the, I think the only guy who he's really had to guard one-on-one has been Jaron Jackson, and Jaron yeah. Jackson's not going to play, play, doesn't really have a post game yet, so it's it, there's still like there's still development. Like, we haven't seen Anthony Davis go one-on-one against Jokic, um, and like that's the other thing. Anthony Davis has looked fresh. He hasn't really gotten hurt, injured. Like he's had some nagging things that happens to everybody in the playoffs. It's just been overblown because it's Anthony Davis and he gets hurt all the time in the regular season. But like he hasn't had anything crazy serious. He had the concussion scare, but somehow avoided it. Um, but Yankovic is going to him down. He's going to bang with him. This is like I think this is where Denver wins it. Is if Jokic can tire Anthony Davis out. I don't think that. Davis can tire Jokic out. No, Jokic doesn't get tired out. He's going to tire the other guy out. If Anthony Davis in the altitude, banging with Jokic every single play in the post on both ends, he's going to get tired out. He has not proven that he's been able to do that throughout his entire career. And that's what I think Denver wins that matchup because Jokic is so well-conditioned and he's so used to banging with other guys in the post. And then Davis is not. That's why he doesn't play the five. That's why he hated yeah. playing the five. So, like, he's bulked up and he's been better at it, but still he hasn't been the guy defending in the post. It's been Jared Vanderbilt or it's been LeBron. Yeah. Um, and I just think, like, the Lakers do not have anybody else to throw at him. Like, they said they have a couple of guys. Like, Tristan Thompson, like, no, Tristan Thompson is not doing on Jokic. I should put out a tweet. But, like, if you put no bomber or Tristan Thompson on him for any possession, Thompson's going to sweep because Jokic's going to score every single time. I, I did see... Uh-oh, what's this time left thing? What? That's new? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Bro. It says That's 10 so- minutes left in the Zoom, but... um. Good balls. I just... What was I... What were you just talking about? What were you just saying? Tristan Thompson. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you see the video um of, of Jokic battling against Tristan Thompson and 
against the Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> and Tristan Thompson made Jokic air ball. <laughs> that yeah. was funny, but um, no, like this Jokic, a different animal. This Tristan Thompson was just playing for ESPN, so like I don't think he's, he's yeah, that he's good playing, anymore. Who's he living for team until like he hates Tristan Thompson? Yeah. Like, never been able to guard guys well around in his career. He's also on the side so I said he's six and nine like Jokic has a good three inches and like 30 pounds on him the, yeah. the strength difference is nothing like it is it, it is it's ridiculous I, I don't understand the amount of bias you have to think to say that oh for 10 to 15 minutes Tristan Thompson can just foul him and tire him out and just make him frustrated it's like no but he's not Dwight Howard he's not that level yeah. Dwight Howard was a three time defensive player of the year he still had some defensive skill and athleticism to him Tristan Thompson was sitting on his couch waiting for a call from LeBron three weeks ago. Like, I, the only reason he's not a teacher is because of LeBron. Like, that's, their team would have signed him. So it's yeah. just ridiculous. I, I'm, I'm legitimately shocked that people actually think that he can do that. And it looks like he's going to play. He was warming up, uh, warming up the defensive drills pregame. And really? one of the assistant coaches was doing somber shuffles. So Ooh. it looks like he's oh, going to wow. get a chance to guard Jokic. So I understand the thought. To guard him, you can't have Anthony Davis there the entire time. They know that. She's like thinking that Tristan Thompson can guard him is the bad part. She's going to throw him out there is one thing, but actually believing he can stop him is like he's not going to do anything. (laughs) I can't wait for the Tristan Thompson DeAndre Jordan matchup, Um, like (laughs) the matchup of like twenty fifteen. But anyways, I think another interesting thing for the. Lakers, we'll see if um, this was an adjustment they made starting Schroeder after putting Vanderbilt on, yeah. on Curry um, for, I think, the first – was it the first five games, four or five games? Um, they put they started Vanderbilt. Um, it was the first five. Yeah, just for game six, they changed it. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, like, if Vanderbilt starts, he's on Murray, I would I would definitely mm-hmm. assume. If Schroeder starts, Schroeder's on Murray. Um so, I mean, you know, it, it, it's kind of similar with the Suns situation with them starting Akogi, um, and then Akogi kind of getting phased out, but then he kept starting, like, up up until Game 7. But, um, you know, Vanderbilt is very similar to Akogi. He probably is, you know, a better, like, overall player and defender, definitely better rebounder. Um, right. But, you know, he cannot make a corner three. He's one of the worst three-point shooters. He really can't do anything offensively. Same with Akogi. Um, so like, you know, it, that worked out pretty well for the Nuggets. Um, but yeah. if, if Schroeder starts, that's kind of like them, you know, starting, starting three guards in game seven. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously makes the Nuggets defense against the Lakers harder. I think they should start Schroeder because if Vanderbilt does start, like, I, I think a, a underrated part of the, I, I don't know if it's underrated, but like people aren't really talking about it is like how will the Lakers score against the Nuggets because the Nuggets have been a fantastic defense um you know against Booker and KD who offensively is a better duo you know than AD and LeBron theoretically um and the Nuggets I think are number two in defensive rating behind the Lakers for the playoffs and the Lakers offensive rating is maybe seventh or something um and so we'll see, like, how – because I'm, I'm not really, like, worried about any matchup with 
Gordon on on, yeah. on LeBron, um, you know, and then Anthony Davis, he holds himself back sometimes. Um, like, he can have those 30-point games, and then he has those games in the teens, so, like, you don't really know what you're getting out of him on a consistent uh, level. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I 100%, like, that, that's the, I think that's the adjustment for the Lakers that's going to make or break them. Like, I think if you start Vanderbilt, you're playing defensive, and you kind of have to play defensive because, it, like you, you can't. You're not going to beat Nuggets in a shootout. You're just not going to. That's the Nuggets are too good offensively, and I don't think the Lakers are good enough offensively to beat the Nuggets in a shootout. I think Renton had a chance with Phoenix, and we saw how that worked. Like they, in the the games where both teams scored a lot, Denver won. Um, so that that's my like. If they start shooter, they're going full offensive, but they might have to do that because. If you start Vanderbilt, you have to play with Junior on him. He's not going to have to work defensively at all. He's not going to be able to be hunted defensively at all. He can come off the weak side and double on Anthony Davis, come off and double on LeBron James, and completely ignore Vanderbilt like he did Josh Okoge in the previous series. If you start Schuler with forcing Taylor to guard Reeves or D'Lo or Schuler and force him to be part of the action or force him to do something defensively, which he's been good at, but he's been good way better off-ball and one-on-one instead of guarding pick-and-roll actions and having to rotate um, off of those. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to start Schroeder. But I think he plays in the Denver's hands really, really well because you don't have the size on Murray. You don't have the length and paint to clog the passing lanes from Jokic. Um, I think this is a huge, this has to be a huge in Murray series. If that happens, he has to be at 27, 28 points a game. If they have Dennis Schroeder on him. Like, Schroeder's yeah. a good defender, but Jamal Murray has a size. He's got the weight. He's yeah, got the skill yeah. advantage over him. Kruger cannot take advantage of that. Like, Jamal Murray has to be the aggressor in that. I don't think that's a big Mike Porter Jr. series as well if they don't start Vanderbilt because he's going to be guarded by Elo or Austin Reeves, and he's got a size advantage. He's got a strength advantage over all those guys. He's got to be able to make his open looks um, and work off of that because, like, if you if you allow Jokic to both score and pass, you're going to lose. You're screwed. Yeah. But if you turn him into one of the two, you'll have a chance. I think they're going to make him a passer more than a scorer because they're going to say, someone else beat us other than Jokic and we'll have a chance, which is the right mentality. Yeah. So those guys, have to be, those guys have to be huge. Yeah, another guy I'm looking at potentially is like Jeff Green. And then if not Jeff Green, maybe even Zeke Naji because with the amount of foul trouble that Aaron Gordon got last series against mm-hmm. Phoenix and the amount of foul calls that the Lakers get, you know, rigged or not, whatever they they like led the the free throw differential by like three hundred free throws, um, and and now they have the biggest free throw differential in these playoffs. So like, whatever they get fouled, um, and they go to the line, and Aaron Gordon fouls a lot. So like, if Gordon is in foul trouble and Jeff Green comes in and he's getting out rebounded by and getting outscored by a team that scores in the paint and defends in the paint really well, um then like could it be Zeke Naji time like if Jeff Green is struggling mm-hmm. um cuz he he struggled for a lot of those games in the Sun series so um we'll see if that happens we'll see if DeAndre Jordan does truly come in if the Nuggets are getting beat on the glass if the Nuggets bench is getting beat on the glass and if yeah. and if the Lakers like, if there's playing, one thing that Tristan Thompson can do it's rebound like he he is a, still a very very good rebounder especially on the offensive end that was what he made his name for in Cleveland, like he is going to do that if he does play. So I think DeAndre Jordan's definitely in play. Zeke Naji's definitely in play. That Nuggets bench is going to be huge. Like Christian Brown's going to have to defend guys 
really, really well. Bruce Brown's going to be huge. He's been phenomenal in the playoffs so far. He's going to have to keep that up. Uh, okay. I guess we only have a minute and a half left. I don't know what. This I know. is very new. I uh, know. That's weird. I wonder if uh, we can like, restart it. But, um, something I that, the stream would end. That'd be the issue. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to talk we'll about see. something for one minute, I guess. The one minute that we have. Um, yeah. Like, we, we might be able to we'll, we'll do more stuff, I guess. We'll talk about, like, after game two, we'll go into more if okay, we want. Yeah. But, but anyways, um, like, what if what if an adjustment that the Lakers make with, with Darvin Ham saying, like, they'll throw bodies at Jokic? What if the bodies, like, Rui Hachimura and they let AD roam, like, what he did and, and what, you know, Philly did in that game where, mm-hmm. where Embiid outplayed Jokic? Like, Rui is really the only other big body. Like, you're not going to put LeBron on him. That's too tiring. <laughs> Tristan Thompson is not skilled enough. Jared Vanderbilt is not tall enough um and wow. Rui Hachimura I guess is the stocky you know tall-ish guy probably 6'9 um so like that could be an option that the Lakers go to um and let AD help off the ball um and come over and disrupt Jokic's shots or, or get in the way of, of yeah. passing lanes I think that could be a scary adjustment that the Lakers could make yeah I still think Denver went like Jokic is still going to be able to like he has to be aggressive scoring in that in that situation and I think yeah like he's figured it out in the, in the playoff and there it goes all right we'll talk about other games.